This episode of the Bad Crypto Podcast brought to you by Santa Claus. What did you have for dinner? Some like to eat Italian food. Some prefer Chinese. And some of y'all crazy people are vegans. Okay, it's just a joke. But what does Bitcoin have for dinner? Well, according to JP Morgan, Bitcoin is going to feast on gold. The markets have had quite a bit of a pullback this week, while many see this as a buying opportunity before Bitcoin rolls to $20,000. Visa and BlockFi are launching a Bitcoin rewards card, and it seems as though illegal Bitcoin use continues to fall. Many were fooled by ICO scams in the past. We'll take a look at some of the ones that might have taken your money. We are not fake news, but we are most certainly bad. And this is our bad news, episode number 468 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Hello, Mr. Travis Wright. Are you there? No. Mr. 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 Travis Wright, where you at? Are he gone far away? No, time for show. Ah, time for okay. Bad I'll be right there. He'll be right there. Time for bad crypto. Oh. I do not know this accent I am doing, but welcome to all of you citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. It's Bad Crypto Podcast. Show for crypto curious, crypto serious. And and uh, if anybody else that falls somewhere on spectrum in between, I gotta tell you, Joel, it's just not that good of an accent. <laughs> you don't know Jack. <laughs> this I is don't know Jack. That's true. The weekly bad news episode. The news isn't bad. Well, it could be some weeks, but it's not really this week. Uh, we are, and you could expect a healthy helping of bad dad jokes, maybe even a fart joke thrown in there because we do like to over deliver. And we'll get to the news in just a moment. Want to give a shout out to Lattice Exchange, our sponsor. Exchange transparency cannot be emphasized enough. You need to know what's going on at the exchange of choice. And decentralized exchanges bring loads of benefits. Benefits, transparency is just one of them. A notable up-and-coming DEX is the Lattice Exchange. They're designed to deliver on transparency and provide features that are setting the standard for industry-leading DEX platforms. They're built on the Constellation Hypergraph Network, and we're going to have two founders from Constellation on our Sunday show. Security, transparency, not seen on centralized exchanges, as well as speed, power, all of the things that you want, especially, you know, the U.S. military trusts Constellation's hypergraph. And so that that's a pretty high endorsement right there. You want to join their telegram, be on the ground of the DeFi revolution. Check it out at Lattice.Exchange. Join their fast-growing community and get in the know. Lattice.Exchange. Let us talk about the news. And we're getting a late start on the show today because it's been a busy, busy day as Sir Lord Travis Wright and I and the team are preparing for Tuesday's big Blockchain Heroes 2 first strike launch. 
talk a little bit more about that later in the show because it is news in and of itself. But if we go to CoinGecko.com to check out the market cap, timestamp it for 5.21 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on the 10th of December in the year of 2020. The total market cap, $546 billion. Bitcoin, 18206 Ethereum, 556 XRP 56 and a half cents tether 0.996 Bitcoin Cash 264 Litecoin 74 dollars Chainlink coming in at number seven at 11 dollars and 75 cents Polkadot showing the wherewithal to stay in the top 10 you know they kind of bust in there a few months ago and they have not left four dollars and 77 cents Cardano 14 cents and number 10 coin is Binance 2757 it's kind of a red red week here, Sir Lord. Yeah, not a lot of winners. Uh, Nexo was up 32%. Uh, some people say, who the hell's Nexo? That's N-E-X-O. The Made Safe token, that was up 13%. Compound up 12%. That's everybody that was up 10% or more. Uh, mm. The next one, Waves was up 9.2%. Blockstack was up 5.2%. But if we want to talk about some losers, there's some big losers. Uh, Ampleforth was down 47%. The REN token was down 23%. Ocean Protocol down 22%. Kusama down 21%. Urine Finance down 20%. IOTA down 20%. Avalanche got crunched under an avalanche. They went down 18.5%. And some other tokens you never heard of. You know, that's the na- that's our hockey team here in Denver. Mm-hmm. Avalanche. So the announcer is always like, Avalanche. And then the building starts shaking and then like, yeah, something like that, you know, crypto has to pull back a little bit after the generous run that it's had recently, but we've got some good news in the space. There's a new institutional player in town, mass mutual. They have purchased a hundred million dollars in Bitcoin for their general investment account. That is 5,470 Bitcoin at the price of 18,279. I mean, that's, you know, when you see those kinds of investments taking place, you know, we saw MicroStrategy put $425 million in, um, and, and they're not alone. That type of confidence in the future of Bitcoin as an investment tells me all I need to know. It is all you need to know, and that's all you need to know. That's a great show. Thanks, everybody. I mean, we just okay. wanted to talk about that one thing today. That's not true. We have um, more things to talk about. We do have other things to talk about. So I love the fact that Mass Mutual has bought $100 million in Bitcoin. That's huge. I think that's I think that's really big news. They should rename themselves Mass uh, Crypto. Maybe. Maybe so. Hey, some news about the uh, the U.S. government here popping up as well from J- uh, Benjamin Pyrus, which I was going to call him Prius, but that's not his name. So says the he's U.S. A, government. He's a hybrid. He's a hybrid. Yeah, is Bitcoin's last remaining adversary, says the Masari founder. So it says Bitcoins may have found a perfect storm for success, but the U.S. government may remain a threat. You know, they they don't really like it. It's the final boss to beat is the U.S. state. Uh, It wrote in this report that uh, for the U.S., Bitcoin presents a tool to undermine international sanctions and 80% of the mining capacity. Now sits in china russia and iran china that china. is that is the concern that mm-hmm. all the mining of bitcoin is located in those countries quite frankly 
the final boss. So is is the U.S. government like Bowser? Yeah. You know, it's really impossible at this point to say what's going to happen. But uh, the the guy that's referenced in this article, his name is Ryan Selkis. He's the co-founder of data and uh, he's a co-founder of the company that does data and research, Masari. And he says it's getting safe to purchase from a legal and reputational standpoint as a professional money manager. And its supply will inflate less than the Fed's target rate, no matter what happens next year. When you look at BTC versus gold and its growth versus global M1, M2, and central bank balance sheets, it's a compelling investment. No duh. No duh, Ryan. Well, I mean, anybody who's looked at, you know, the year-over-year returns pretty much every single year, I guess the only year that it really wasn't big returns was in 2018 where, you know, crypto had kind of a slaggy, laggy time. But every other year, for the most part, Bitcoin was a phenomenal gainer. And so, you know what? Hopefully that trend continues i'd like for it to be a triple gainer or even better a triple lindig if anybody knows what that is you get bonus points that was off of back to school with Roddy that is correct sir lord travis right ding 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 you get and it was not a lindig it was a triple lindy a lindy even better you could not only do you get points for recognizing it but you get points for correctifying me as yeah. well how nice was that? I get no, res- I got a little respect here. How about that? I don't know. Pretty, pretty impressive. So, BlockFi, we've talked about it on the show before. They're a New York-based startup specializing in crypto-backed loans and savings account. They announced a partnership on Tuesday with Visa. The credit card, yep, that card is now going to reward users with Bitcoin. This is more mainstream adoption stuff. So, um, if you purchase stuff. Um, instead of getting like airline miles or dirty fiat cashback rewards, you'll be able to receive one and a half percent of your purchases back in BTC. The card carries a $200 annual fee and issued by Evolve Bank and Trust in early 2021. Mm, that's fancy. So a uh, new credit card offering Bitcoin rewards. That is new and fancy. I mean, you know, we've had lots of conversations around this and maybe they're not an official sponsor today, but you know, CoinZoom is kind of one of those things that we've been checking out. So if you want to get yourself a, a debit card and access your crypto rewards, you can do that. Go to badco.in forward slash CoinZoom. That was just an extra shout out. Have you noticed, Travis, that there's never a story on here that says some mainstream financial institution is backing away from Bitcoin, right? It's everything's moving towards it there's nothing there's no pullbacks here no matter what the price is you never hear well we started you know we we're gonna let people buy it through our fund or we we're gonna issue this debit card we changed our minds we decided well, eh. I, I don't know we've never heard that before i've never heard that it's it's only forward moving and if you are a watcher of trends then that is one that you cannot and should not ignore Mm, I like that. That's you stuff. must not ignoreify it. Do not. not ignore, Sir Lord, Mr. Joe Com says so. You know, Trav, one of the big reasons that governments and financial institutions in the past have shied away from Bitcoin is because of its illegal use for uh, for money laundering, right? Well, that's, a lot of people, that's what they would claim a lot of times, but I mean, 
You know, I think that in the early days of crypto, there was a lot more of that, but I don't, I don't see that as much these days at all. Elliptic is a leading firm in blockchain analytics, and they have found some major shifts in recent trends of illicit crypto use. They put out a report, a study here, and they said that the proportions of Bitcoin transactions that the firm has linked to criminal activity is way down, especially next to its peak in 2012. And if you go to this article here on Cointelegraph, you can see this chart. I mean, it's almost negligible now as, as you know a percentage of the volume. By the way, the link to this news story and all of the stories we reference in this episode are in our show notes. Here's the short URL so you can check it out. Badco.in forward slash 468 is where you will find these notes. So fancy. I really like it. It's really nice. So, I mean, the, the illicit use of Bitcoin is down, but they're also saying at the same time that privacy wallet laundering is up which makes a lot of sense. You know, if you're going to be doing illicit activity, then you're probably more likely to use, um, you know, a privacy uh, exchange uh, or a privacy wallet. They're actually referencing the Wasabi wallet here. In 2020, at least 13% of all criminal proceeds in Bitcoin were sent through privacy wallets, which is up just 2% from 2019. Which is interesting because that's not something I think we've ever talked about are privacy wallets. Wasabi. Right? 13%. We have mentioned Wasabi before. I remember yeah. we're talking about Wasabi, but I don't I don't necessarily remember. I know we've had a lot of conversation around privacy coins, but not so much privacy wallets. That's an interesting idea. And, you know, go, you know government's going to regulate where they can, try to eliminate crime where they can. But come on, there's so much graft going on in the government and polit politicians and taking money from different places that how about you police your own before you worry about other little things there's so much crazy stuff going on and then i was watching the the doj docket and they just had some re really ridiculous rinky dink thing going on. i'm like there's much bigger things going on in the world right now than this rinky dink stuff um this is all this is something interesting in the news also uh, according to JP Morgan, Bitcoin will begin to eat gold's market share. <laughs> JP Morgan says that gold could languish for years as Bitcoin popularity grows. But <clears throat> I think that's, that's, that's probably true. One of the things is that we've talked about this multiple times is how many, you know, I don't even know how many times it is. Is it 200 to 500 times more paper gold and silver than there is actual physical gold and silver. So it's manipulated. And so because of that, they can suppress the price of gold per ounce and silver per ounce. But, you know, with with um, the, the narrative around Bitcoin shifting and, 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 and some of these big, you know, uh, analysts at some of these big institutional uh, investment firms are pointing people to Bitcoin, that just says more and more people are going to be popping into Bitcoin. More and more people are going to want the Bitcoin. And, you know, we've talked about this, too, is that, you know, last month, PayPal bought almost all of the mined Bitcoin. And now Grayscale is buying some. Cash App is buying Bitcoin, too. You can actually use the Cash App to I actually sent a little Bitcoin over to the Cash App, converted it to cash and then sent a friend some money who needed some money. How handy and easy is that? So these main these mainstream adoption, you know, platforms 
are coming into place and they need Bitcoin. They have customers who want Bitcoin. What's going to happen to it is the price is going to continue to get to drive up the price over time. What do you think is going to happen with precious metals, though? I can't see, you know, I definitely could see fiat currency taking a continued dive as cryptos take over. But something tells me that precious metals are likely to hold their value. I mean, this is a store of wealth as old as time. I think they're going to I think they're going to maintain its value, but I don't think. You know, we're going to see, I don't think we're going to see a $10,000 ounce of gold anytime soon, right? No. I, I think that we'll have a, I think we, we're going to see a $100,000 Bitcoin way before we see a $10,000 ounce of gold. So that, what does that mean? That means that Bitcoin's going to outperform gold. What the hell is Peter Schiff thinking with a shift for brains? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so this story here in Forbes is interesting. We've talked about how recently PayPal has made it so that you can buy and sell a few select cryptos there on the or on their um, their website. And now they are America's fastest growing bank. They are a new money disruptor and they're growing faster than any regular bank. And according to this article on Forbes, it's not even close. They are now the number two largest bank in the U.S. after J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan, uh, according to Risk Hedge, is worth about three hundred fifty-five billion. PayPal worth two hundred fifty-one billion. That means they're beating Bank of America, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, Morgan Stanley, Square, which also is considered disruptive because they're they're dealing with Bitcoin as well. Goldman Sachs, U.S. Bancorp, and Truist Financial. That's the top ten. And so uh, PayPal, now that you can buy um, Bitcoin through PayPal as well, that is also going to be a huge boom for them. Well, think about this now. You know, a couple months ago, PayPal gave nearly 350 million people a new way to buy Bitcoin, right? Now, we talked about this also. That's not ideal because somebody was actually buying and selling and trading the Bitcoin with his with his PayPal balance, and then they basically sh- took his took his balance and then froze his account for 18, 180 days, and just doing. So I I don't think they got all their P's and Q's all locked up uh, or locked down with this new you know system of Bitcoin because there's new buying behaviors that happens on exchanges. I don't think PayPal was ready for. They're like, wait a second, you're buying and then selling and then buying again. And then selling it like, oh, you're trading Bitcoin on PayPal. You can't do that. that's illegal. And they shut his account down. So, I mean, it's not ideal, but now 350 million more people have access to buy Bitcoin really easily. Well, that you, is only going to increase the price. You can actually buy um, one dollars worth of Bitcoin now on um, on PayPal. That's, I mean, you don't have to buy a lot of people that aren't aware of how Bitcoin works. You know, this is kind of a review here for newbies um, is that even though there's 21 million Bitcoin, it doesn't mean that there's only 21 million, you know, ways to buy Bitcoin. Uh, you know, in the U.S., our, our currency goes to two decimal points with the smallest unit of currency being a penny. Well, with Bitcoin, it goes to eight decimal points. So the smallest amount of Bitcoin is 0.00000001. And that unit is known as a Satoshi. 
named after Satoshi Nakamoto, the anonymous creator of the Bitcoin white paper. So you can buy, you know, $1 worth of Bitcoin. How many Satoshis would that be, Travis? So currently right now, one Bitcoin timestamp at 630 Central is one Bitcoin is $18,120. And one dollar's worth of Bitcoin would be point zero 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 five five. And there's eight decimal points. So it's basically five thousand five hundred Satoshis for one dollar right now. Hmm. Well, there you go. You can, you know, as Max Kaiser says, stack sats. And that's what he means when he says stack sats. But, you know, it's convenient that you can go and buy um, as little as one dollar worth of Bitcoin. Um, you could buy it on your phone. You can go to PayPal. You can do it right now. And uh, I'm not giving you investment advice. I'm just saying you can do it if you want to. You can dance if you want to. You, you can, can buy Bitcoin. Because yes, well. I dance and if they don't dance well, the no friends of mine. So this is just another example of how institutions are making it easier to invest in Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, PayPal um, and and JP Morgan, they aren't alone. I'm not going to go too in depth on this, but there's an article here on Cointelegraph that you can find in our show notes. The title is Game Recognize Game Institutions Make It Easier to Invest in Bitcoin. So you guys might want to take a look at that and read up. It's always important in this industry not to just listen to what others are telling you, especially if they're telling you to invest, you know, buy, sell, short, whatever. You need to go do your own research, do your reading, make sure you understand the risks that are associated with uh, with any investment, but especially crypto, because it can be very volatile. And in a little bit, we're going to cover a story here about ICOs and how people were scammed in the past for them. And uh, we certainly don't think Bitcoin is a scam, but you know, all it takes is a little government regulation coming in to shake things up. Um, I don't think it would end Bitcoin, but it could, it's a risky investment. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely, definitely risk there. And this kind of leads, leads us to the next article, which we think I think is interesting because what's happening in a lot of countries is they're creating their own central bank digital currencies. And Vitalik Buterin, who created Ethereum, he expects a lot of ways to exchange these CBDCs for, for crypto and thinks they're good for macroeconomics, but there are a lot of other challenges here. And uh, Buterin went on to say this on December 9th. There's a question of how these central bank digital currencies are going to interact with both crypto and digital currencies more generally. There's going to be more digital assets of many different kinds coming over the next few decades. I expect that there will be a lot of opportunities to fairly exchange between different kinds of assets and move from one ecosystem to another. Like we know that the Chinese yuan has created, uh, the Chinese have created their own digital currency, the yuan. There are some other ones. Sweden is piloting digital fiat currencies. Germany, through the Deutsche Bank, they are predicting that CBDCs will replace cash in the long term. There are a lot of conspiracy theorists out there who think that, you know, we're all going to have to have a microchip and have to have cryptocurrencies of some sort. But that won't be a decentralized cryptocurrency. Could be a, a CBDC, though, potentially. CBDC. They, they shook me all night long. Yeah, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. If you want to, yeah, I, I do know. the very first song off their very first album. My daughter and I are actually compiling a list of the best first songs on a debut album. Oh. And 
And I think we got we got narrowed down. So I think top five is uh, the very first song on Jimi Hendrix's album. His first album was Purple Haze. That's a big that's a big one. Um, Boston first song on their first album is More Than a Feeling. That's really good. Van Halen Running with the Devil. That song is just such a great way to kick off that amazing album. Uh, Tom Petty has Refugee. That's a pretty good song. Long Way to the Top, If You Want to Rock and Roll by ACDC. We've compiled about 60 different debut uh, albums and uh, their songs. Motley Crue, Live Wire, that was a pretty good uh, song to kick off an album to. So just kind of a fun idea of like best songs to kick off an album. Uh, we're talking to this dude, uh, um, uh, what is his name, Steve Bieto. And uh, he's got a, a YouTube channel. He did a really cool video on the best debut albums of all time. So we're giving him this list to do his own research on and hopefully he'll make a video on that. I'm going with King Crimson's uh, uh, debut. First schizoid Man, huh? That was a good first song. 21st song. Century Schizoid Man. That was... Yeah, what that's on the list. Honor. And now, now I, you know, all these songs you've mentioned here, I'm like trying to keep up on, the, <laughs> on Spotify here because we keep a playlist of songs that are either referenced directly or that we sing a lyric for or that um, we we do a you know a spoof of in some you know in some way, and you can actually follow along and listen to the playlist. Just go to badco.in forward slash playlist. It'll open up Spotify, and you can see we started this probably around episode 200, 250. So there was a lot of them that didn't make it on there, but the list has grown, and uh, it's great because you know obviously we like everything that's on there because there's songs that you know have come to mind yeah one of my favorite debut actually the song that that sort of made me think about it uh was uh oasis's definitely maybe album uh which bieto rick bieto's his name he actually put it on as uh number 11 or 12 best debut albums of all time which i think it's an amazing album but the very first song is rock and roll star tonight i'm a rock and roll star like it was just the ballsiest song to have on your debut album first and i just have always loved that and then i've always thought like hmm, i wonder who had the best so my daughter and i decided to cur curate a list and that's what we're doing how about uh, traveling wilburys volume one opened with handle with care mm, great no, great documentary out there about these two i mean basically you know they just kind of got together george is the one that um george harrison is the one that instigated the traveling wilburys and for those who don't know super group from the late 80s with uh you know tom petty uh, george harrison bob dylan roy orbison and uh, jeff lynn from elo and they made some great music and there's a great documentary that talks about how they went to uh i think it was Jeff Lynn's, my, it was, I think it was Tom Petty's house, and they just kind of like, yeah, let's go make some music, and and they went there for like two weeks, and every day they wrote and recorded a new song. Right, they probably smoked some amazing weed together and drank a lot of alcohol and had a lot of laughs, and were like, oh man, here's a new song. Laughed at Bob Dylan's voice. Right. Man, that has nothing to do with crypto, but that was fun. But, you know, when you talk about crypto gaining widespread adoption, 
Our sponsors at Electronium, who we are advisors for, are providing a mobile-first payment solution to the world's unbanked. They've got they've attracted so far more than four million users worldwide in less than three years. It's one of the most usable cryptos. It's enabled users to top up their airtime on their phones in over I think 160 countries now, and top up their electricity in a number of countries. But what's really most interesting to us is they've launched a freelance marketplace called anytask.com. And this gives um, freelancers, thousands of them, an opportunity to sell their services to buyers globally without the need for a bank account. In fact, Travis, you and I have been using an artist on anytask to, uh, well, not not the artist, it's uh, the tasker. What would you call them? A Photoshop person? Uh, no, I would say it's pr- our production team mm-hmm. because there's a lot of, there's some tasks that need to be done that are repetitive that uh, we need to, you know, we needed to place all these different borders on all this different naked art that we had. And so we hired somebody to do it and they charged a dollar an image Okay, <laughs> because we have 480 images to do. So let's so just be great. clear here. Travis said naked art. There's, <laughs> there's no artwork of us naked. Uh, what he's talking about is the blockchain heroes cards that have, uh, it's the artwork without the blockchain heroes or villains logo up top and the nameplate at the bottom. We call that naked art. Mm-hmm. people are going to start thinking, what are you guys selling over there? Thousands of high quality tasks from just $1. Digital tasks are up to a 5X better value. There's over 15,000 professionals on the platform from over 150 countries. Go to anytask.com and check it out. Get something done. Get it done inexpensively. And don't worry about the high commission fees from Fiverr and Upwork. People get paid the money they earn. That is true. Get paid. Get laid. <laughs> Excuse me? Well, it's a different that's different that's a different website. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> they get paid in crypto too, I suppose. Actually, actually, this is another joke. I, I saw today that uh Pornhub uh is uh Visa and MasterCard are no longer uh, no longer accepting payments. Uh, from uh, to Pornhub in, with their with their credit cards, and so what does that mean? More crypto opportunities will probably pop up for that site. I just I saw that as a tweet today, just out of the blue. Okay, so you can't say Pornhub and pop up in the same you know breath. <laughs> 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 so how did you find this out, Travis? Did you get rejected or something? <laughs> just something, something suddenly came up. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to some other stories here. Uh, here in the U.S., there is a, a bill in the state of Ohio now that's enabling blockchain use by the government. It's moving to their state Senate after being passed um, in the their House of Representatives just a couple weeks ago. This would enable official state bodies to use blockchain tech in their operations if Governor Mike DeWine signs this bill. So uh, it's nice to see some other states moving blockchain tech forward. Of course, Wyoming is one that has led the way. Um, But, you know, I think that they've probably been a beacon to some of these others and encouragement to representatives in these other state houses that are going, okay, if Wyoming can pull this off, uh, you know, there's a precedent. And so just like, you know, any other thing that spreads across the country, like, for example, marijuana legalization, you know, starts in one or two states. And now a few years later, it's on all the ballots and pretty soon it'll be legal everywhere. You're going to see blockchain and and crypto uh, regulation and blockchain being used by all these different states. 
you know, that's a that's a really good comparison. Although, just so you guys know, you cannot smoke blockchain, so don't try. Or uh, Bitcoin, really harsh. very harsh. Don't don't smoke Bitcoin. No, I love it. I think this is great. You know, they've the Ohio actually early on they legalized the use of blockchain based data in 2018, and they had another piece of legislation in May proposed using blockchain for voting, which. I don't know, man. This this seems like there's some conspiracies or some conversations going around around whole voting systems. So I think we're going to be in for some wholesale changes in voting systems down the road. Blockchain might be a good solution, which is one of the reasons why we actually did this show. The first reason we were doing bad crypto, we were talking about, wow, you know, we can complain about all these problems and the Russians hacked the election in 2016 or whatever. And well, we can complain about it or let's have solutions and we like to have solutions. So Blockchain, baby. There is a Latin American ex uh, crypto exchange, Mr. Sir Lord Travis Wright, called Bitso, that's just raised $62 million in funding. Apparently, um, some of the investors were shareholders, Coinbase Ventures, and Pantera Capital. This is a Brazilian um, exchange that's pretty significant in their market share. And it just goes to show, you know, it, it's really easy for us to get insulated and just see things through our American lens. But, uh, you know, there's only 300 and what, 60 million Americans, something like that, you know, including adults and children. That's, we are a small segment of the world population uh, mm -hmm. latin america has got a lot more people and then if you go somewhere like india or china you know each one of them has over a billion people we're just uh we're just a little drop in the bucket here and so this um uh, infrastructure being built in other countries and, and other continents is really encouraging because it means that crypto is going to have global adoption yeah check this out so they, they say this that deflationary currencies and the lure of those has driven Bitso users' numbers to over a million. And they have a market share of 97% in Mexico and 77% in Argentina. That's that's pretty big. So the people who are jumping on board, and again, only a million people, so much room for growth, so much opportunity to, to uh, continue to grow. And uh, that's really exciting. Did you know that the Woz, Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, you know, he's he's been very pro-crypto. He actually has a token named after him now called WozX, W-O-Z-X, and he has opened up a blockchain firm, I guess, that this token is used for, the company eForce, uh, focusing on energy efficiency. This thing went live and uh, reached $950 million in um sales i guess in the first 13 minutes 10 times the listing price yeah so the the investors gave it a valuation of 90 million dollars in private sales so this did not go out to the regular folk this went out to the super rich buddies and investors right the the accredited investors because america has a problem with letting other people use their money the way they see fit but um yeah, so only only private sales to institutional investors, and there it went eighty million to a, to almost a billion in thirteen minutes. It now has, laws. it's it currently at two dollars and eighty one cents. It hit a high of three thirty five. It is the number hundred and sixty five, one hundred thirty nine, in the market cap on CoinGecko, and um, it definitely has shot up since it came to market at a dollar forty seven. 
And uh, there you go. The Waz is in play now. One Bitcoin equals 6,417 Wazexes. Wazexi. Wazex. Wazex. Nice. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Some other news here. There's a uh, this, uh, international fashion brand, Desigual. Desigual? I don't know. D-E-S-I-G-U-A-L. Desigual? I'm going to go with Desigual. Desigual. Yeah, that just sounds. Okay, it sounds cool. <clears throat> yeah, it looks like design. I think they should have made it designual or something. Maybe mm. to clarify that. But they're beginning to uh, to trace the movement of their supplies on a blockchain platform, and uh, they're going to. They really want to create more transparency to its supply chains to be able to know that the the the, the products that you're buying and selling through their brand are legitimate, and they're going to use the blockchain to track stuff throughout the whole. Uh, supply flow. Nice. Uh, you know, we talked a little earlier that some people have fallen for ICO scams during ICO season and, and still today. And there's an article on Cointelegraph called, Did You Fall For It? 13 ICO Scams That Fooled Thousands. And there's a lot of different types of scams that you could fall for without, you know, actually giving names to them. Uh, we can run through these here really quick. For example, uh, dead fake uh, ICOs, right? So these are these are projects that, um, you know, there was no actual team, there was no actual project, there was no wallet, there was no actual social media or trading, something that somebody fell for that had nothing behind it other than a scammer. Mm. So it was like worse than vaporware. Right. Vaporware has been a term in uh, technology where they, they say, oh, we got this thing we're creating, but they never do. It's vaporware, but this is kind of like that. Uh, the exit scam was always a nice one as well. They categorize that as a, maybe a bounty scam where they do a lot of PR activities. They're promoting the project all over the place on forums and messengers and probably some podcasts too and social media and blogs. And um, then whenever they got the funds, they just disappeared and said, see you later, biatches. Mm-hmm. Hit the road, never to be heard from again. Next up, you've got the airdrop scam where scammers steal private keys from users. Basically, the scammers create a booby trap and the users think they're going to get some free tokens. They click on the links and they give away their private info and they get scamified. No bueno. Did you say boobies? I said boobies. Booby traps. Booby traps. You like to be trapped between the boobies. Is that what? That's not horrible. I don't mind that. That's my favorite scam. I try trying to get in between the boobies is the scam in that fact. Um, Exchange scams, copy pasters. There have been some developers that try to deceive investors uh, by launching on a fraudulent exchange. So that's an exchange scam. They basically they copy a white paper of some good project, spawn it off as their own. They do some plagiarization. And then they get some money and then they disappear. Poof, gone. The pump and dump. Everybody knows what this is. You can't always tell that it's going to be a pump and dump because there's some legitimate projects that people really talk up as though this is going to be a big deal. But at this, you know, investors and traders try to get in early. They buy why the price is low. Then they talk that it's going to the moon. People get sucked into it. They buy up, you know, and the price goes up and then the scammers um, sell as quickly as they can. And you see the price go, it tanks. And you're like, tanks a lot. 
Yeah, those are very dangerous. Last time I did a pump and dump, nine months later, I had a kid. So don't do that. <laughs> Got to watch out. You're in rare form today, Sir Mark <laughs> Travis, right? <laughs> Boobies and dumping and I'm just joking. I, we're about done with the show here. This is good. We got, see, we put the we put this humor near the end of the show because few people get this far. That's not true. They listen all the way <laughs> to the end. They listen even for the Easter egg. Like the true fans stick through the disclaimer because you never know what you're going to get at the right. end. Then you got the crypto Ponzi schemes. This type of scam typically requires a victims invest in some products or services associated with the ICO or promised returns at a later stage. And then it never happens. Mm. So here's another one called URL scams and phishing trips. Um, so there's a different tactic of scamming investors involves the launching of a website that looks similar in name and design to existing product projects. And then uh, naive investors don't realize that. And because the site looks very similar, they interact with the site with their username, password, or their keys, they lose their keys, they lose their coins. You know, I don't know if the other one, I don't know if the one is in here, but one that I saw, remember where, where they would actually go into an, a real website and then switch the address mm -hmm. on that website to their address. And so people would like donate to the ICO, but the money was going to some scammers wallet. Right. And there's no retrieving that once that yeah. happens. You cannot get it back. It is gone. Uh, the um, uh, the writers of this article also said they observed that the, they're describing it as a porn scam, um, which an ICO pretends to offer premium access to a porn site or its products. And then um, they think that users are less likely to report being scammed because, you know, they're either embarrassed that they lost their their crypto on a porn site or because uh, it might be illegal in some countries. <laughs> so I was playing with my bits and I lost my Bitcoin. <laughs> this is on this. I needed to contact somebody about this. I'm on my bit back. I was minding my own giblets. <laughs> <laughs> my tackle, my bits and tackle. Another one is the market manipulation and pre-mines. So there's another form of fraudulent ICOs called a pre-mine scam where tokens are being shared amongst developers or promoters after the final token sale took place. So instead of burning the unsold tokens, which they should have done, they in fact scam the investors because they take a shitload of tokens off for themselves at a lower price. Then they have a whole bunch of them and then they retain those tokens. And then, um, yeah, it's bad, bad for, bad for the economy. And in fact, we were actually we're actually uh, working with a project called Dust, and uh, whenever we first set it up, we said, "Hey, we haven't sold any. We didn't. We just, basically, you get it by you you chat mine on Telegram. If it's in, if you're in one of those rooms that has Dust mine set up, then you actually earn crypto every time you leave a message. You earn one Dust. Mm -hmm. Well, whenever we originally set it up, you know, Joel and I and and Kurt, we all got a billion tokens out of the trillion some odd tokens." Well, we realized that doesn't necessarily look good. And so we gave 99.5% of those tokens back to the um, to the developer pool. So that way the developers can actually use that. So dust is something that uh, we think could be pretty cool long term, but we wanted to make sure it didn't look like the founders or the, the, the people who were working on this thing had a whole bunch of tokens. So we wanted to gift those back to the community. By the way, we've got uh, Kurt Braggett scheduled for an interview to talk about dust here in a couple of weeks. So uh, you guys will be hearing 
more about this. And as we are getting close to uh, Christmas here, this article by Benjamin Pyrus, not the um, not the Prius, not the hybrid writer. Uh, if he was a hybrid writer, does that mean he writes for Cointelegraph and Coindesk? No, he writes part of the article in pencil and the rest of it on, on uh... <laughs> He says, forget the milk and cookies. Santa is accepting Bitcoin this holiday season. There is a service called Hire Santa that now lets you book a Santa performer in exchange for Bitcoin. From their website, there's several ways that Hire Santa can accept Bitcoin as payment for Santa Claus services. You can send Bitcoin directly to our Coinbase account, or you can do it through PayPal, depending on how you store your Bitcoin. Hopefully you're not storing it on Coinbase. This is this is funny though. Um, they they keep a naughty and nice list on their site. Um, John McAfee topped the naughty list last year due to his avoidance of U.S. authorities. And Craig List, Craig Wright, also showed up on the list as a likely coal recipient. Mm, for sure, we can always uh, hope to be on the good list. I don't know. We we're, we're on the we're mad list. I guess we're yeah. We're, on the, we're not. We even. should be on the bad list though, but we're not. We're not even on a list. We're listless. Yeah. I'm feeling listless with that oh, one. Uh, Sir Lord Travis Wright, have you played Super Crypto Cart lately? I've not played Super Crypto Cart uh, since the last time I played it. Well, you guys can play. You can battle against the rest of the world with your favorite crypto projects and characters in the blockchain-enabled kart racing game. It's available for Windows, Mac OS, Linux, and Android Super Crypto Cart, and it supports real crypto payouts for multiplayer racing. There's a battle mode. There's Rocket League. There's Capture the Flag. You can be number one, and the competition is fierce. You could check it all out at chaingames.io. Really impressive what Adam Barlam is building over there. In fact, I think now they've got um, Call of Duty overlaid onto it. So instead of just playing Call of Duty, you can actually uh, play for crypto on it. So if, if you're a video gamer, a PC Windows, uh, Mac, Linux, or Android gamer, go check out chaingames.io. Do it right now because well, the show's about over. show's about over. We're almost done, guys. Uh, show coming up Sunday. Going to be a lot of fun. We've got the folks from Constellation to tell you all about the future of um, DeFi DEXs. You're going to be super interested. And uh, hopefully the holiday season, in spite of the lockdowns and coronavirus is finding you happy with family, friends, loved ones, and know that uh, you are family here as a citizen of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. We appreciate you. Don't be surprised if we argue with you because that's what families do. Or if we come down your chimney. <laughs> I don't want to go down anybody's chimney. I might just take a pee down. <laughs> Well, if he does, then Mr. Sir Lord Travis Wright is staying to the mantra of the Bad Crypto Podcast, which is, of course, to pee on people's chimneys. No, to stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad 
Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.